Good morning, Mike Broomhead. It feels like it's been a week since I know, I've seen I know. It. How was your Thanksgiving? It was really good. And yeah. yours? It was really nice. I went to my, my oldest house and uh, she cooked. It was great. It was terrific. Went to my sister-in-law. She made the turkey. I made a lot of the, the uh, side dishes, including something I look forward to every year that is not on my diet. My grandma's sausage stuffing. Oh, that's awesome. And I, so it was so good. And then she said, take some home. And I'm like, no, 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 you guys will eat it. It was so good. I got home and two hours later, almost drove all the way back out to Buckeye to get more of that food. Oh. It was so good. <laughs> I was so stupid. I didn't bring any home. It was so good. <laughs> Gotta have the leftover turkey I know, sandwiches. I know. Thanks, Jamie. Good morning, everyone. It was a great Thanksgiving. Hope yours was as well. Big day on the show coming up um, at uh, at uh, 835. We're going to talk about Black Friday shopping in the 9 o'clock hour. Ron Wolfley joins us as we do our uh, bird's eye view of the wrap-up of the Cardinals game. Big disappointment for the Cardinals, even though they played better than they did the week before. So it's a big day on the show. We start with the elections. Maricopa County has responded to the uh, Attorney General's office in a request for information. And the headline reads like this. Unexpected problems don't invalidate elections, according to the county. Um, <clears throat> Jennifer Wright who is a lawyer, and I, I know Jennifer fairly well. She heads up the Attorney General's Election Integrity Unit, demanded in a November 19th letter a full report and accounting of the Election Day issues. So uh, the county rebuts the major complaints. Here's where my feet are in two boats on this. <clears throat> you look at what happened, and if I were a candidate, I'd be furious. You have a right, I have every reason to be furious. If, I, if you're a voter in Maricopa County that had to deal with delays, I'd be angry as well. There's got to be a way to fix these problems. But what I have an issue with is the continued narrative that there are people that are doing things intentionally. That's where my problem lies. Now, I think that Abe Hamaday and the lawsuits from Abe Hamaday, especially in Maricopa County, if there is anybody out there that has a legitimate concern about the res- uh, 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 a legitimate concern about the results in Maricopa County, it's Abe Hamaday. When you're talking about two and a half million plus votes, and there's 510 separating you in a loss when on election day we know that it was an overwhelming number of republicans that were voting in maricopa county in person and they were the people that were affected and when you talk about 510 out of two and a half million votes a million and a half of which were cast in maricopa county not all on election day but that was the vote count in maricopa county i would be asking very serious legal questions as well but other than that it may just be insult to injury. And this is where the biggest issue lies for so many people. We all want fair elections. We all want seamless elections. There is no way you are going to have two and a half million votes cast <clears throat> when you don't have issues. There are going to be issues. And it's unfortunate. That's how it goes. Does it change results in election? And is it intentional? That's where the problem lies. Because I will tell you the questions now being asked about the certification of voting machines. That's the big push now is that the, the voting machines were not properly certified or whatever. I don't know what their, what their, um, what they believe their legitimate claim is because you have an opportunity to certify voting equipment ahead of time. And it is certified ahead of time. If you have questions about the validity of those machines, you should ask it ahead of time. That's what that process is for. So I would say the mistakes that happened on 
election day were the worst case scenario because there is already a narrative out there of people in you know in tactical gear and some people that weren't most of the people weren't most of the people that were ballot box watchers had just seen 2000 mules and believed that people were stealing elections by stuffing ballot boxes so they were camped out in uh, lawn chairs and pizzas and big bottles of diet coke and they spent their day watching people cast their ballots at ballot, ballot uh, drop off centers and there were other people that were dressed in tactical gear that were ready. Those are the people that were focused on because, you know, obviously that's what makes headlines. So at a time when there are big doubts about the validity of elections, then you have these mistakes happen. But we don't know. We don't know what happened yet. We don't know who's responsible. If there was someone or a group of people responsible for why those printers didn't print the way they were supposed to. And instead of us waiting for those results, what we do is we have a group of people that are casting doubt on the integrity of the election. So it goes mail-in ballots, and we understand that that's where they say cheating happens, people stuffing ballot boxes. We're not sure those are the real voters. Now it's the tabulation machines. Do the tabulation machines even count things like the way they're supposed to? Well, we're going to find out to a certain degree. Because there is a recount happening in the attorney general's race because of that 510 vote separation. So we are going to find out how how well those machines operated. Now, there's two questions in the elections in the minds of people. One is, are the votes being counted properly? Well, I guess there's three questions. The other is, are people cheating in mail-in voting? And the other is... Were people disenfranchised on election day, meaning were there people that were not able to vote on election day? Now, let's let's throw out a number. I don't know how many people showed up at the polls on election day, but we know it was a big number. Let's say out of all of those, a thousand people weren't able to vote. Now, if that's the case, if I am Abe Hamaday. And you need to make up 510 votes based on the Republican numbers on Election Day. You've got a pretty good case that those thousand people went heavily your way. You can make a good case that you were kind of, you know, you lost the election because of that. I don't know the mechanism, and I'm trying to find out. I'm working right now to try to find out exactly, and I will get it out there. Uh, I will find out exactly what it would take to revote in Maricopa County and then how do you know what the what what the results would be you know what happens what happens if we have a revote in Maricopa County and in the revote in Maricopa County um the republican candidates that are losing right now all lose by bigger numbers then what happens? Or worse yet, when I say worse yet, I mean bigger problems. If what if they win by a big margin? Does that valid? Does that validate disenfranchised voters are cheating? This is what I think the issue is. We keep demonizing each other, and this is the problem. Specifically, right now, this is the problem for the Republican Party, because a lot of the people that are being accused of intentionally rigging this election are longtime very conservative Republicans. Now, again, if you're going to criticize somebody for making mistakes, there's a difference in an NFL game of accusing referees of missing a call. Or accusing referees of cheating. There's a difference. It's perfectly logical to say they missed that call. That call cost us a big part of the game and is a big contributor to why we lost because they missed the call. That's a big difference from between those referees were in on it and they wanted the other team to win. And that's the narrative that's being spun right now. In the end, it doesn't matter. If a loss is a loss, a win is a win. 
but I would I'd be careful about the division that continues to brew in election denial by cheating. Saying that somehow the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors is in on cheating is ridiculous. Absolutely, unequivocally ridiculous. There is no reason for the county recorder, a Republican, the chairman of the county board of supervisors, a Republican, a former chairman in Clint Hickman, a Republican. There is no reason for those people to be in on a cheat. That doesn't mean that mistakes weren't made. They acknowledge mistakes were made. They want the uh, we in the end, we should get the results that are legitimate. And then deal with the fallout of why it took so long to count the votes and why there were so many problems and how you fix them. And instead of focusing on that, it's this idea that cheating's happening. And, and I, I just – I don't believe that to be true. Now, if it's proven the other way, then I'll, I'll have the egg on my face. I'll, be, I'll happily, happily come out and say, it looks to me like they cheated. But there is no evidence that they cheated. There is evidence that there were big mistakes made. And we still don't know. A full investigation has to be done. And if they don't do an investigation, a full transparent investigation, it's the worst mistake they could ever make. But a full and transparent investigation needs to be done to show the voters of Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the rest of the country. This is why we have come to the conclusion that this is why there were malfunctions with so many of these printers and why the vote tabulation machines didn't read the votes properly. And then from there, you have to work toward making sure something like this never happens again. And we're going to see. We will see moving forward um, how things work out. But this idea that the county somehow is covering something up, I, I don't see it. If I were candidates, I'd be angry, especially Abraham Hamaday. You know, two and a half million votes cast. If you lose by less than a thousand votes, that's going to sting. That's going to sting for a very, very, very long time. But before we start accusing people of cheating and calling someone's character into question, we have to start asking reasonable questions about what happened and how it happened. Get the answers first. Once we have the answers, then we can start saying to people this can never happen again. And if somebody were to have cheated, they need to be punished. But this idea and a bunch of people marched this weekend. There were a big protest that happened. Well, I say big protest protest at the Capitol where a couple of hundred people showed up and uh, to protest what happened and ask for a revote. I don't even know the mechanism that triggers a revote. I would love to find out. And when we can find that out, we'll get you the information of this is what would happen have to happen to trigger a revote, not a recount, not a hand count, a revote anywhere. Is it even possible? What we're going to do in a moment is talk about shopping. How strong was Black Friday? Was it an indicator of what's to come? And how about Cyber Monday? So many people shopping online. Are we going to see a strong spending season for the holidays? We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Happy Monday from Light Broomhead Show. 
So shopping is starting, and it's a mixed bag of what people are doing. They set a record in spending in online sales, which could be attributed to the higher prices. We're not sure, but over $9 billion, $9.12 billion spent uh, new Black Friday online spending. Stores not as busy. So we want to get a breakdown on what people are doing as we move into the holidays. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to have Kristen Bench join us. And uh, it should be interesting to have a conversation with her. Kristen Bentz, of course, retail analyst with KB Advisory Group, frequent guest on our show as she predicts and sees where we're headed for the holidays. But let's listen to a, st- uh, a senior advisor for MasterCard and uh, what they're seeing with holiday shopping. A very healthy number with e-commerce up 14%, which was even stronger than the store growth of 12%. So it was strong across the Internet as well as in the stores. The consumer without shopping. So the consumers are out shopping. It, it looks like they're saying in these online stores uh, where people are shopping more. This is a business owner, small business owner, talking about social media and the impact. We were able to sell $11,000 worth of cocoa bombs in three months solely because of TikTok and TikTok putting us in front of the eyes of people. And for a business that had just really started and got off the ground to then be shipping next week to Florida and California and all over the country, it was big. So what's interesting is a story on Zero Hedge, but I refer to them quite a bit when it comes to the economy and stories about the economy. They are such a reliable source. Zero Hedge has a story about not many people out shopping in brick and mortar retail outlets. So is this just a shift in how people shop completely? Are we seeing a further as we get older and the younger people that have grown up with social media and online shopping more and more? Are we seeing a bigger and bigger shift away from brick and mortar shopping? Is that just a sign of the times? And that we have that remains to be seen what retail outlets are able to do throughout all of this. I have talked quite a bit about the economy and how it's impacted because there's a story I have in here about the price of heating oil going up, what people are going to pay to heat their homes, natural gas prices going up still, and more and more people paying for the necessities and having less and less discretionary income. And I've also talked about the what I find interesting about the administration and their policies on crude oil, on oil and American oil companies. And I know that there are a lot of people that have disagreed with my point on this, but I'm, it's going to go a little further here. I think this is an interesting point. Um, the Venezuela deal, the Biden administration has okayed Chevron to drill, not in America, in Venezuela. So here's Justin Gomez from ABC breaking this down. The U.S. is easing some oil sanctions on Venezuela by issuing a new license for Chevron to resume limited operations in the country, allowing the company to pump and export oil once again and marking a major shift in U.S. policy. The license was granted for six months, but a senior administration official says the U.S. can amend or revoke it at any time. Isn't it interesting that it is, at least it is to me, that the president of the United States goes after American oil companies as restricted drilling here on American soil, but they are encouraging it. They are now more and more of it in nations like Venezuela. You know, as a country, what we've done in the past is with the way we do business with nations regarding their human rights records, um, we've been very critical of the Cuban people. Then we normalize relations with them when they made no changes to how they treat their people. Um, it is one thing to tell people how to do things. It is another thing to say we are not going to um, help your economy. I mean, look what we've done with Russia. And trying to stop them from being able to make money um, in anything at all, even in oil, uh, with the war that they have waged against Ukraine. We've seen we don't do business with the Iranians, although the president went there and asked them to do some kind of an oil deal. And yet. The demonization of American oil companies on American soil. That's why we're paying these higher prices. I shouldn't say it's the only reason. I want to be fair. 
as fair as I can be. It is a major contributor to the prices we pay. Major contributor. This is Mary Alice Parks from ABC talking about Chevron in Venezuela. The Treasury Department granted Chevron a limited six-month lease to start up operations again. It's part of larger talks. The White House says it's a way to acknowledge that the Maduro regime down there is moving in the right direction, at least talking to the opposition party, taking small steps towards democracy. All other sanctions will stay in place right now. But they're drilling for oil, and yet they demonize the American oil prices. Now, will this have an impact on gas prices? Senior White House officials told us flatly they did not think this would impact international oil prices. They said it was not about that. And the head of Chevron said that he did not think this would have an instantaneous impact. No, it's not going to have an instant impact, but will it down the road? That remains to be seen. But I do, again, I'm going to reiterate, going after the American oil companies and doing what you've done, especially when it comes to diesel fuel. The fact that diesel fuel is so... Ridiculously expensive in America has a lot to do with supply side part of this and refining and being able to refine diesel fuel and get it to market with the last number I saw was the 26 day supply that has a very low supply of diesel fuel and could cripple the American economy, especially when we are still possibly facing a rail strike. So it, this makes no sense to me at all. It is it is a punitive way to do business, and it doesn't make sense that you're loosening restrictions in Venezuela while you're tightening restrictions in the U.S. You got to acknowledge that this is a part of the issue. Gatos joins me in a moment. It's the Big Q poll question of the day, so please stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Did you survive Thanksgiving? I did. I had a good Thanksgiving. How about you? Had a good Thanksgiving. Good. Yeah, we good. had a good Thanksgiving. Ate too much, watched too much football. It's fantastic. Well, you can never watch too much football. You can overeat, though. Yes, you can. I overate. I did, too. And then I watched every second of football since Thursday. Yeah, it was. Uh, I ate at my daughter's house, and she cooked. The food was so amazing. We had so much left over, and they wanted me to take some home. Yeah. And, and I said, no, 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 you guys eat it. I'll get all the kids there and stuff. I said, you guys eat it. I got home, and an hour after I got home, I almost drove all the way back out to Buckeye. Is that food to get more? <laughs> I was so disappointed in myself that I didn't get leftovers. Oh, Before we left for Thanksgiving, there was a study that said one plate of Thanksgiving food, right, mm-hmm. with, with all the trimmings. Mm-hmm. It equals seven Big Macs. Really? So at one setting, you probably had, we all probably did, five to seven yep. Big Macs. And then you went back for seconds, and that's a couple more. So. I had turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, and I had uh, mac and cheese oh. covered. Not mac and cheese. Everything else covered in gravy. You're going to have to roll me into that yep. studio today, Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Uh, well, it kind of goes into my uh, Gato's Big Q poll question. All right, let's hear it. What did you do after Thanksgiving over the long weekend? Uh, a, shop for Black Friday deals. Uh, B, watch football. Uh, C, decorated for Christmas. I got all my decorating outside. Nice. Uh, and we go nuts over here, so I got it all done. Uh, let's see. Uh, D, had to work. Or uh, E, stayed in my PJs and fell into a food coma. I did two of those. I watched football, and I fell into a food coma. Yeah. I don't wear pajamas, though. Do guys wear pajamas anymore? I wear sweatpants. I I wear sweatpants. Oh, so you've just given up on life. Absolutely. (laughs) Who do I have to impress? My dog? Who do you have to impress? Seriously, your dog (laughs) is there. Your dog loves you no matter what. As long as I feed him hot dogs, he's happy. 
Does he eat hot dogs? That's what he gets, those big jumbo hot dogs. I, I get the big kosher hot dogs for oh, snacks. That's what he gets for snacks. You didn't do any Black Friday shopping no. or anything? Uh-uh. No, I don't like going. Uh, no, there's too many people out there. Yeah. I can't park. You know, you can't. Did you, did you go to the Cardinals game? No, I sold those tickets, baby. I didn't. You know what? I'll be honest. I completely forgot it was a home game until Sunday, and it was yeah. too late. I couldn't even give them one. That's that's what will happen when your team is abysmal. <laughs> that's that's what will happen when your head coach has five more years and should have been fired five weeks ago. <laughs> Don't even get me started. They were garbage. Garbage, I say. Garbage. <laughs> oh, man, I love working you up. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Yep. But uh, their season was over a couple weeks ago, and uh, now it's on to – it's just amazing. that. They're Did gonna- you hear uh, Kyler Murray curse um, when they asked him what happened? Yeah, he said the yeah the he F dropped, word, right? he dropped the F bomb. Yeah. Okay. I mean, is that a big deal? No, I just thought it was eh. funny. They asked him about the play, and they talked about their schematics were, and I said, yeah, well, more than your schematics are. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I don't know if he's really the problem. I, I don't, I don't think, think he is. No, I don't think he's the problem. I think he I think he's gone. He hasn't taken a big step forward this year, but I don't think he's the ma- he's definitely not the main. He's probably the best thing a card. Two words. Have. Two words. Sean Payton. Please offer him, him any, offer him anything he wants. Yes, offer him the the nine to noon show as well. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Eight to noon show. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even that's know what you're on. That's all right. All right, I'll uh, I'll get out of your hair now. Thanks, I'm out. All right, see you. The big Q poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. We're going to talk interim police chief in just a couple of moments. Right.